Hey girl, happy Tuesday. I hope that you are having a wonderful post-Christmas season, getting ready for the new year. I am very much looking forward for the final episode of the year. Oh my gosh, and I believe this is actually the 50th episode of Girl God's Got You. Can you believe it? I actually started this podcast on December 25th. 2019 actually so it's been two years 50 episodes in I know it's been kind of you know back and forth with how often I upload and all those things but I am just very grateful that we have this podcast we have this community thank you so much for listening for tuning in for sharing your comments and your feedback I am very much so grateful and I absolutely love doing this. It's a great creative outlet for me and I I hope that it benefits you and that it's uplifting and offers insight and encouragement in your week. As I've said many times in this podcast before, when I'm either going through something or I'm stressed out, when I listen to a podcast that's uplifting and encouraging, it kind of helps me take my mind off anything I'm worrying about and helps me de-stress and listen to good things. And I really hope that this podcast is that for you too. Now, I actually started recording this intro when I made this episode. I recorded the most of the episode content, I believe, on Christmas Eve in the afternoon when I had a little bit of uh, time to record a chunk of it. Um, but then I also started recording the intro. Well, now I have to re-record the intro because I have some exciting news that I did not know about on Christmas Eve. I found out about it on Christmas morning. And this is just my God's Got You moment of the week. And the God's Got You moment is that I got engaged on Christmas morning. Aaron proposed to me under the Christmas tree. It was the final present under the tree. I am so grateful, so excited, so joyful. I am so, so thankful to God that Aaron and I will be life partners forever and we get a journey through life together and live on mission for God together. And I am just, I love Aaron so much. And the fact that we get to be together forever is is the biggest blessing other than, of course, you know, Jesus dying on the cross for our sins. But I am, oh, I'm so grateful. And it was the best God's Got You moment I have ever had. So that is my God's Got You moment for the week. Um, We're definitely, I I definitely would love to have maybe some wedding planning tips episodes on this podcast and maybe even some podcasts about um, engagement or things I want to work on as I prepare to become a wife. I think that there's going to be a lot of great items to discuss in this next season of engagement and wedding planning. But that's why I had to re-record the episode because this was some great news that I wanted to share. And so for those of you family, friends, thank you so much for your support and encouragement and, and being there for Aaron and I in our journey. We are very excited for this next chapter. And like I said, I'm just so grateful. But to continue on uh, with the intro, the quote of the week is by a Christian motivational speaker named Joyce Myers, and she said, If we didn't struggle through some things, we would never develop the strength and stamina we need to survive in this world. And that's exactly pretty much what we're going to be talking about in today's podcast episode, turning your struggles into strengths. And I think that this quote really just is is so true and it makes so much sense because in order for us to continually self-improve and to work on our weaknesses, we have to go through things, go through trials, learn life lessons, 
so that we could build up more strength and more stamina. I used to do a lot of running when I was younger, and what we had to do a lot of times to get faster is to do a lot of uh, sprints. They called them fartlicks, which is a really weird word, but pretty much just sprints and intervals. And even though it was really, really hard and we struggled a lot, after each and every sprint and interval, our average pace got faster and faster. And I think that's you know a really good kind of application to this quote, how if we didn't go through hard things and struggle through things, we would never develop the strength and the stamina we need to survive in this world. Another analogy, you know, with fitness, when you lift weights, it's a struggle to lift heavier weights. But over time, when you struggle and you push through, you get stronger and stronger. And so that's really what I want us to have this mindset when we're thinking about turning our struggles into strengths. Not just viewing our struggles as a bad thing, but a challenge. And if we overcome struggle by struggle and turn them into strengths, we can become stronger and stronger in our purpose, in our walk with God, in our relationships, etc. So that's the quote for this week's episode. And now I want to dive into the goal of the week. So my New Year's goal, I have a couple. Um, The first is I just really want to walk into the season of engagement with Aaron. I really want God to work in my heart, help me understand, you know, what struggles I do need to overcome, what strength I need to leverage, how I could just be a godly, kind, loving, selfless wife. And I really want in this next season just to to work through that and understand the wife God wants me to be. So that's a huge goal. Um, And then I also have New Year's goals for my business and my personal life. I really want to set those, um, especially with my business, just understanding what direction I want to take it, what, what projects I want to work on this year. And then in my personal life, kind of understanding, you know, Obviously, a huge thing this year will be, you know, wedding planning, all of that. Um, But I also want to dive into my personal routine. I want to journal more. I want to stick to a good morning routine. I really want to understand how to really pour out to others well and what I need to do personally so that I could pour out to others more and more. Okay, journal prompt of the week. So last week's journal prompt was what reminders do you want to bring into 2022? And I asked that on the uh, Girl God's Got You Instagram story. And one response that we had was live like Jesus, a humanitarian leader, lover of all. And I think that is a wonderful reminder to bring into 2022. It's just so important to live like Jesus. What would Jesus do? live the way that he would live. And I think sometimes we get so caught up in what is the correct way to live the Christian lifestyle, but really it's live the way Jesus lives and say the things that he would say and do what he would do and just try so much to emulate him. Of course, we cannot be perfect, but following his example is so wonderful. So thank you for submitting that wonderful response. And I think that is a great, great reminder to bring into 2022. And this week's journal prompt of the week is what struggles do you want to turn into strengths and how are you going to do it? We're going to be diving more into my personal struggles. I want to turn into into strengths and how I'm going to be trying to do it. So I'll be kind of answering that journal prompt in this episode, but I would love to hear from you. So I will put another question up on the Instagram story and you guys could respond if you would like to. Alrighty, now we're going to be getting into my favorites of the week. So, of course, my first favorite is my engagement ring. I absolutely love it. Erin did an amazing job picking it out. It is so gorgeous, so beautiful, and I am extremely grateful um, that he 
wanted to propose to me. So of course my engagement ring is my favorite. It reminds me so much of Aaron every time I look down at my hand. <laughs> That's an obvious one. Um, then on a, uh, you know, less romantic note, my second favorite is my water bottle that my mom has given me. She actually gave a lot of water bottles um, to family and friends this year. Um, and I'll link this specific water bottle in the show notes, but it's a water bottle that tracks how much water you should drink throughout the day. Um, and so I drink three of these water bottles every day. I l- kind of looked up the amount of water females need to drink and then I converted it to how many ounces are in this bottle and I just came up with about three bottles or three of these bottles of water is how much I should drink a day and it really helps me track it. Of course, I'm not a doctor or a nutritionist. I don't know if the three bottles is exactly what I should drink, if it's more, if it's less, but that's just what I'm doing and I love just having a nice sleek water bottle knowing that, okay, if I drink a certain amount every day, I've met my personal water goal and so that's been really good especially in the holiday season as you're eating different foods and drinking different drinks and sometimes you know it could get off track of how much water should I be drinking just just having a goal sticking to it knowing how much you fill it up it's awesome so that is my second favorite a romantic thing and then a normal standard you know nutrition thing but I really want to dive into the God's got you statement for today's episode And I've been trying to share one of these in each and every episode just kind of as an overview of how does God got you in the topic we're discussing today. So the God's got you statement is God's got you because he wants to use every part of you in his plan. He wants to turn the negative things around for good. He wants to help you transform your struggles into strengths. He knows that you play an important role in his master plan and he wants to empower you to live your life on purpose, for his purpose. Because God does turn bad things around for good, he has an idea of how you could turn your struggles into strength, into a good thing. And he wants you to turn to him, ask him for guidance, and trust him. And there's a story in Galatians chapter 50, um, specifically in a kind of reference verse 7 through 21, and it's about the story of Jacob. And for those of you that haven't um, read that story. Essentially, Jacob became kind of the the right-hand man to Pharaoh after Jacob's brothers pretty much abandoned him and wanted, um, you know, they wanted to kill him, but then it turned out that he ended up getting kind of kidnapped by the Egyptians. And anyway, so Pharaoh ended up, God turned a a bad thing around into a good thing. You know, uh, Jacob was kidnapped, pretty much just, you know, a slave in in Egypt. And then he was elevated into being kind of the right-hand man for Pharaoh. And then it turned out that Jacob's father died. And so they were talking about how, you know, after Jacob's brothers got reconciled and they were feeling better and, you know, the relationship was mended, then their father passed away. And so it kind of leads up to verse 15, which I'll start reading. Um, When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they asked, what if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? So they sent word to Joseph saying, your father left these instructions before he died. This is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now please forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. When their message came back to him, Joseph wept. His brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, Don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. To accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. 
And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. I want to read verse 20 one more time because that's kind of the the main point that I want to make in this entire podcast episode about how God transforms something, what was intended to be bad, into something good because God is that good of a father. But verse 20, it says, You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. You, You see, even though... Jacob's brothers abandoned him, had him, you know, stolen by by the Egyptians. Joseph ended up being the right-hand man of Pharaoh, and he ended up being very strategic in making sure that the Egyptians would kind of know how to handle the famine that came. So literally, something that was intended for evil, God turned around for good, and that saved many lives. So how I want to apply this to the podcast episode today is that even if you may have struggles and weaknesses and things that you're going through, even though those are negative things, God can turn those around for good because he wants to use you and every part of you. And he is such a miraculous, powerful father that he is able to even take hard things and bring them up and turn them into something positive. Of course, not every single terrible thing could be justified into something beautiful, you know, like murder, suicide, all those terrible things. I don't, I I mean, I think God works in many ways. So I'm not saying like every single bad thing, God will just make all good. And I don't want this podcast episode to come across as naive, but I really want to make it to assure you that even if there are things like personality traits or habits or weaknesses about yourself, and I'll bring up examples in this podcast episode, even if you have these things, God could shift them, shift your mindset, shift your action and words to create in you strengths that you could use for his glory. So I'm really excited to get into the podcast episode today. Like I said, I recorded this next section um, a few days ago, and then I'm recording other parts of it. But if the audio sounds a little bit different, that's why. But I am excited to get more into how you can start turning your struggles into strengths for God's glory. All right, friends, now we're going to be diving into the main episode content for this week. This week, we're going to be talking about how to turn your struggles into strengths and really kind of a way to do that. So first, I'm going to be sharing three different struggles I have and how I could turn them into strengths. And then I'm going to walk us through how you can figure out what your struggles are and a practical way you could turn them into strengths and live that out every single day. So I'm really excited for this episode, the last episode of 2021. And a reason why I want to have this episode as the final episode for 2021 is so that as we go into the new year, we could stop bogging ourselves down with our struggles and worrying about why we're not enough or why we're not getting better and actually stop and understand that certain things that we have and certain personality traits that God give us gave us and certain characteristics that we were born with will just be staying with us pretty much for our whole entire lives. Not all of our struggles, but some of them are part of who we are. So it's important to know how to turn these struggles into strengths and how to see these negative things more on the flip side, how you could turn them into something positive. So I'm going to be diving into the top three struggles that I have that I want to turn into strengths. And like I said just a few seconds ago, I'm going to be walking you guys through an exercise if you want to kind of start implementing this mindset shift as well. So the first struggle I want to turn into a strength is being a people pleaser. And kind of my one-liner or mantra I want to take into the new year when it comes to turning this struggle into a strength is that I want to be a people helper, not a people pleaser. 
Now, I'm sure a lot of you listening to this are either people pleasers or you think people pleasers are kind of crazy. For me, I'm definitely a people pleaser. I don't like when people feel uncomfortable. I don't like when people feel left out. I don't like when people feel awkward. I want to make sure everyone kind of knows what's going on in group settings. I, for some reason, I feel other people's emotions very strongly. Not just if, you know, one of my friends is going through something and I feel for them. No, when I'm in conversation, I am just hyper aware how everyone is reading different conversational cues. I want to make sure that everyone knows what's going on. I just, I, for some reason, especially when I'm either in a client meeting or in a group event, I feel so much everyone else's level of comfort and I really want to make sure everyone is feeling comfortable. And sometimes that could be a little stressful because I have to realize that I can't always control how people are feeling, how comfortable they are in a situation. So that's kind of one way that I could be a people pleaser is in social interactions or kind of client meetings at my job. Um, And that's not always a bad thing, but it can cause extra stress that's not really necessary. Um, But another way that I am a people pleaser is sometimes when people ask me for favors, they want me to do certain things, I'm very easy to just say, yes, I'll do it, yes, I'll do it. Especially when it comes to like group activities or um, types of organizations I'm with, I'm very easy to say yes. I also just love having a challenge. There's many reasons, but one of them is to please people. And overall, I think the main care that people pleasers have is they care how other people will think of them. What I've come to realize is that a lot of times when I'm being a people pleaser in a negative, unhealthy way, it's because I'm putting too much focus on myself. I'm putting too much focus on how I am perceived by other people. And in a way, this is kind of a form of selfishness. I think when we say, yeah, I'm a people pleaser, it could sound selfless, like we want to help people, but at least the negative side of it for me is that I'm caring way too much about what other people think of me, so I go above and beyond to get on their good side. So that's just kind of the negative part of a people pleaser. However, there is a huge positive part of being a people pleaser that I want to focus on and turn into a strength. And that positive part is by being a people helper. Focusing more on the selfless side of people-pleasing and focusing less on the selfish side of people-pleasing. Because if we're not careful, we could put a lot of our self-worth in the gratification we get from helping other people. Or we could put a lot of our self-worth in how people think about us. And this is not good, but instead of having that void filled by other people, I think it's really important to realize that we don't need to depend on anyone else for our self-worth except for depending on God for our self-worth because he's the person who created us. He already knows our level of self-worth and we believe in him and love him and have a relationship with him. He will fill that void in us that only he can fill. And then once we have our self-worth set in Jesus, when we do want to please people and help people, we could do it from a space of I'm helping you because I care about you rather than I'm helping you because I want you to care about me. So I really want to focus on how can I be a people helper, not a people pleaser. And one way this could tie into it is sometimes what people want isn't always what they need. And I want it to challenge you if you are also a people pleaser and you want to turn this into a strength. I want you to think about when someone asks you a favor or someone wants you to do something. Think about is this what they need or what they want? Because from the people pleaser aspect and and from the people pleaser point of view, sorry, When we give people what they want, it's not always what's best for them. So I think it's important to understand, okay, by being a people helper, what will help them the most? Sometimes what people want and what they want to be pleased with isn't always good for them. So 
when you look at this from the shift of a people help, I challenge you to think about what does someone need and how can I help them in that right now? Whether they know it or not, whether they you know want that thing or not, focus on really what they need and how it'll help them so much. I kind of have an example of this. It's kind of a silly example, but I think it'll illustrate this point a little more clearly. But when I was, I think I was a junior or a senior in high school, I used to take care of this little girl and babysit her a couple times a week. And I was, at one point, um, I took her to this little church event because they had a nightly uh, Wednesday night church service you could take the kids to. So I brought her to come some of those. And my mom was a helper at that uh, Wednesday night service that they had at the church. And so this one little girl I was babysitting, she would not listen to me. And I said, okay, if you don't listen, you're not going to get your cupcake after dinner. And she said, okay, okay. And so she didn't listen and she wanted the cupcake. I said, I'm so sorry. We talked about it before. If you don't listen to me, you won't get the cupcake. And so she, of course, was very sad, very distraught, as any five-year-old would be if you don't get the cupcake. And so in that moment, to please her and to pacify her crying, I could have given her the cupcake. But in reality, it would have helped her more, especially down the road, if I followed through on that discipline. That's kind of an example of... I've seen in my life just through something kind of small, the people pleasing versus people helping. And the funny part of this story is I was trying to be, you know, that disciplinary mom kind of thing. And then my mom, who was the helper at that Wednesday night service, she came up and ended up giving the little girl the cupcake. I thought, oh my gosh, mom, I'm trying to discipline. I'm trying to be a good babysitter and all that work was for nothing. So just kind of a funny story, not to throw my mom under the bus, but I love that little girl. She was so sweet and I love babysitting her. But at the end of the day, when we're focusing on the people pleasing, I want to shift it to be people helping because that way we're doing it from a selfless mindset and we're really helping people rather than just pleasing them in what they want. And another point that I want to make with this is instead of looking at everything from the people pleaser mindset with fear and worry and wondering if you're making people feel good and wondering if you are good enough and kind of coming from that place of scarcity and worry, when you're being a people helper, you're looking at things from a place of abundance and love and light and joy. And this next year, especially as we go into 2022, I really, really want to focus on, instead of looking at different points in my life or different projects or different conversations from a place of worry or fear or anxiousness, actually looking at it from a place of peace, of light, of joy, and abundance. Because I think that's what Jesus would do. And I want to start you know, every single day working to be more and more like Jesus. So that's kind of the first struggle I want to turn into a strength. The second struggle I want to turn into a strength is to be type A intentional rather than to be type A intense. So what I've realized as a type A person is that there are many positives of being type A, okay? You're organized, you're driven, you're ambitious, you can multitask, you're able to be very productive. But there's also kind of that negative side of being type A where you're a little aggressive, maybe you are, you know, over competitive, maybe you're ambitious or excuse me, impatient or fast talking. I was actually kind of looking up the type A mentality on uh, Google just to kind of get some research down and I have a couple things to share. Um, but I was a little bit... Um, a little offended that everything I was reading about type A was negative <laughs> and my whole life I've thought of it as a negative and a positive but there are a lot of positives that come from it however pretty much online it just talked about the negatives I thought oh my gosh do people view this type A mentality really is that negative but I think the struggles that come from type A such as being impatient being aggressive not being able to 
relax, being very high strung. I think those those struggles from type A can be overcome and actually offset by the strengths of being type A. When we revolve the type A mentality around how you could help other people, how you could be intentional with details to help other people and make them feel uncomfortable. So one way that I want to live out the positive part of type A is I want to be able to use my natural inborn mentality of being type A to look after all the details, to get everything off the to-do list, to take care of all the little things that have to be done so that I can make people feel comfortable, make them feel stable, make them feel taken care of. I think this probably has to do with um, the way I grew up. My mom, I would consider her type A, but she always made sure that everything was finished, everything was done. She was always on top of her checklist. She was always on top of making sure the house was clean, making sure there was healthy food in the fridge, making sure we got to places on time. She would help us so much in scheduling different events with our friends. I was also homeschooled, so she was very organized in that. So growing up, I saw a lot of positives from type A and how it helped my family just really have a really good childhood because she took care of so many things. And those are the positive aspects of type A that I want to think about. I really want to focus on being so in tune with the details that other people don't have to worry about it. Because for the type A person, we love details. Details is what wakes us up in the morning. But for people who are not type A, details stress them out. So my thing is, if I am type A, and if I already love the details, I will take care of the details so that I could be intentional so that I'm there for the people who maybe don't love the details, I'll take care of them so other people could chill and not have to worry about them. So I challenge you, if you are type A and you feel like it's a struggle and you feel like you're kind of type A crazy and type A intense, take a second, take a breath, and I want you to first tell yourself all the different ways that you could use your level of detail and your ambition and your multitasking in a positive way to make other people feel comfortable. So once you kind of think of some different key ways you could do that, the next step is I want us to kind of think about, okay, I already know the positives of type A, but how can I overcome the negatives? And one thing that has helped me in kind of overcoming the negative of type A, one thing that I have seen worked a couple times and I want to keep doing it, is I kind of set expectations for myself. I know a lot of people say, let's not set expectations, but for me personally, if I don't set an expectation, it'll naturally be too high and then I'll always let myself down. So I'm going to make actually a whole podcast episode about this called how... Having thresholds could help you overcome perfectionism, something along those lines. But before any type of social event or any family event or any work project, I want you to set a standard in your head. Don't set it super high, but don't set it super low. Kind of set it in the middle and tell yourself, okay, if I meet these three checkpoints or if I'm able to have a party, make the food, have at least 10 people show up, I'll be good. Like set a realistic expectation and then focus on that, focus on the details of that. And if you exceed that, great. But if you don't exceed it, that's okay because you already set that baseline expectation. And doing this has helped me so much because it's shown me how I could be flexible. So setting a realistic standard for myself in work, in social time, in family time, in myself, with my health and fitness journey, with my routine, 
different work projects, whatever it is, setting realistic standards and it's telling myself, okay, Isabel, you met your standard. You don't have to worry anymore. Let's help me take a chill pill and help me sit back and relax. And it's actually helped me when it comes to building a schedule because if I have my baseline layers of, okay, I need to accomplish this today or I want this day to go kind of this direction, as long as it goes that direction, I know that I could let the rest of the day be positive instead of considering the rest of the day negative because it didn't go exactly as planned. So if you're struggling with the negative side of type A, I challenge you to try this, set these realistic expectations, and then once they're met, just chill and don't worry about getting to that level of perfection because you'll never get there and you will always let yourself down. And it's actually really hard to set a realistic expectation because your whole life you've probably wanted to go above and beyond and work really hard and be extremely ambitious. It's a lot of work to set a realistic expectation, but once you do it a couple times and you feel that peace and that satisfaction, it's gonna feel a lot better than constantly striving for something that probably won't fully be achieved. So that's kind of the second struggle overall that I want to turn into a strength, being type A intentional instead of type A intense. And I think that it's just a, a huge way in my life. I have friends, or I have technically my father who I work with and my boyfriend who I am dating and I love. Both of them I think are very much more type B. And I want to talk about the type B definition. So someone who has a type B personality trait, they are easygoing, they are relaxed, and they are highly flexible. They are more widely appreciated when compared to the type A mentality. So I feel like people who are type B, like I said earlier, they do not like too many details. Details overwhelm them. So when I think about you know the two closest men in my life are type B, a positive way to think of your type A mentality is, okay, what details can I take care of? What things can I do to make them feel relaxed and happy and content? Not that you have to do everything for other people, but just a way to be type A intentional is to think about the most important people in your life. Think about the details that they don't really want to take care of and you take care of it for them or you do an act of service for them or you help them in some way with details. They will feel so loved. They will feel so valued and so helped just because you were being yourself and taking care of the details that you already love. And this actually can kind of affirm your purpose when you're type A because like I said, when I looked it up on Google, people don't really like type A mentalities and that could get you kind of down because most of the time you're kind of born with it. At least that's my opinion. So one, one way that you could affirm the way you were created of type A is just seeing by just being yourself how much you could help people that are not type A. So the last main struggle I want to turn into a strength is turn anxiousness with fear to anxiousness for purpose. Let me re-say that because that might be confusing. Turn the anxiousness with fear into anxiousness for a purpose. Now, when I was younger and kind of learning vocabulary words, I realized that the word anxious meant two different things. It could either mean that you're nervous or scared, like you're anxious about the future, or you're excited and eager. And eager. I'm so anxious for this to happen. I can't wait. I just can't wait. I'm just so anxious with it. And so now the word anxiousness and anxiety is considered very negative and not good, but at least when I was learning vocabulary and learned this word probably when I was like, you know, 11 or 12 years old, it, it meant either positive or negative. And the positive anxiousness is you're so eager and you're excited, you can't wait, you're so anxious with excitement. That's how I want to turn my anxiousness for purpose. I want to be so eager and excited for my purpose. I'm so anxious to get it started rather than being anxious with fear and living in a place of worry 
in despair and not saying that I'm you know a despaired person all the time but this last year I uh, kind of being in my post-grad life and growing up in, into an independent adult I went through a bit of time where I was just so anxious and it was not fun I did learn a lot about myself and I am actually glad I went through that because it taught me a lot of things I need to work on and different strengths I have and the good and negative parts and just really who I want to be finding myself but I think this year when I think of the word anxious, I want to think of it more in a positive light of being eager and ready for the next thing. Because let's think about it, when you're worried and anxious about the future, it's probably because you care so much about your purpose, you care so much about your family, you care so much about what's going to happen next because you want to live a good life. Being anxious about the future isn't always a bad thing because it means you actually care about yourself and the people in your life and your job and your family and all these things. So when you are anxious with fear, it's for a bigger reason because you want to make sure everyone's okay. But flip that around and think, I can't really control the future. I can control my present and what I'm doing right now with my own personal actions and words. So how am I going to be so eager and excited to use my actions and my words right now for my purpose? And focusing more on the bigger purpose, your bigger plan, your goals. That's one thing I've noticed. The biggest thing that's helped me overcome my anxiousness is being so in love with my purpose and have my head and mind so focused on my purpose that I don't have enough time to think about all the little things that I used to worry about. And I actually am going to make another podcast episode about this, how to be obsessed with your purpose instead of obsessed with worry. Because I just have to say when I was 15 years old and I went through a lot of anxiousness and worry, the thing that got me out of it was focusing on my purpose. And right now as a 21, 22 year old girl, I'm 22, but you know, I, I kind of went through when I was 21 as well, kind of this uh, eight, eight or nine months. But one thing that has gotten me so much better is just focusing on my purpose and thinking, okay, I could worry about so many things right now. I could be so anxious with fear and sadness and all these things. But instead of focusing on the little things and the things I can't control, let's focus on the big picture. Let's focus on the things I can control, how I can change my life, how I can make other people feel good and important. And so that's what I challenge you right now. If you are an anxious person and you're anxious with the fear, try to be anxious and eager about your purpose and focus on your words and actions right now, those things that you can control. Okay, so now that I kind of brought up some examples of different struggles, I want to turn into strengths. I now want to dive into three main tips of what I'm going to be using and living out personally so that I could start living out, you know, turning struggles into strengths. And I hope that these steps and these tips help you and inspire you. So the first step or tip, I guess we could call it step by step, the first step is to address the struggle. So what I'm going to be doing and what I encourage you to do is to think about how you feel when you have a struggle. Maybe you get impatient or maybe you get overwhelmed easily. Let's just say that that is one of your struggles. Uh, maybe you get caught up with the details and you get overwhelmed and then you're irritated. Let's just say that's what you struggle with. Think about how you feel when you act that way. It probably doesn't feel that good. Look at your day and figure out, okay, at what points in my day did I feel the worst and what was that associated with? Was it associated with being overwhelmed or being irritated? Was it associated with maybe comparing myself or getting jealous? Was it associated with me procrastinating and not getting enough done? Whatever your struggle is, think about your day, think about yesterday, okay, think about yesterday and 
realize, okay, what were the lower parts of my day? What was I going through? What was my actions? What were my words? I want you to address the struggle of yesterday, the last couple days, the last week. And once you address that struggle, step two is figure out, okay, what can I do to transform the struggle? So let's go back to that first example. Let's say you get overwhelmed easy, easily and then you get irritated. How you could transform that struggle is realize, kind of like I was talking about the type A point, is tell yourself, okay, I'm overwhelmed with the details. Okay, I care about the details. All right, how can I transform caring about the details from a struggle to a strength? Well, I can care about the details that other people don't really want to care about and I could help them. Or maybe let's say that you procrastinate. Let's just say that's the struggle you're identifying. Okay, maybe you're procrastinating because you want to enjoy life. You want to be comfortable. You want to have peace. Okay, instead of having that as a struggle where you don't want to get things done, let's transform that and work hard so that you can have peace. You can have joy. You can enjoy time with friends and family. You can enjoy your hobbies. Okay, maybe your struggle, like we, you know, once again said, is you compare yourself or you get jealous. All right, instead of comparing yourself and getting jealous, let's transform that into a strength where you're really focusing on self-improvement so that you could love others, be kind to other people, be more and more like Jesus so that you could show up in life. You see, all of these struggles, we could have a negative light on it, but if you address the struggle and then think of a specific way to turn that struggle into a strength, even if it's a small way, it can make a big impact. So that's really step two. I think it's one of the most important ones. Just think about the struggle and just think, okay, what's one small way I could turn this into a positive thing? What is an action or a conversation that I could turn out of it? What is a mindset? How can I somehow turn this struggle into a strength for God? And like I said at the beginning of this episode, of course, there are some struggles that are just downright sin. They are negative. They are bad. But God could still help lead you away from that sin and that struggle and lead you further to something better. So I'm not saying every single struggle necessarily can be turned into a strength, but when it comes to, you know, personality traits, habits, ways we work, we can, I truly believe, turn certain ones into strengths. So that's step two, figure out, you know, a very simple, um, very simple, easy way to turn it into a strength. And then the third point is hold yourself accountable. So maybe you should write it down in your journal every day. Okay, what's my intention? How am I going to turn this struggle of comparison or procrastination or overwhelm into a strength, into a blessing? Write down that one intention every single day. Think about it, sit on it for, you know, 30 seconds, a minute, and just write down, I'm going to be living this out today. So, for example, for me, as I've kind of addressed, I get overwhelmed with details pretty easily because I care a lot about details. So one thing I could do is I write in my journal, okay, instead of being irritated and overwhelmed with all the details, I am going to take care of certain tasks at work so that my dad doesn't feel overwhelmed. Or I'm going to make sure to keep my apartment tidy and clean up a little today so that when I have friends over or when Aaron comes over, it's very calm and peaceful. So what ways am I going to focus on the details to make people feel comfortable? That's just, you write down your intention, a small, simple action, and you try to hold yourself accountable that day when you write down that intention in your journal. Another way you could hold yourself accountable is maybe if you're part of a Bible study or you have a really close friend and you want to kind of do this step-by-step process with them, every morning you go text them and say, hey, this is my intention for the day. This is how I'm going to try to 
do this small action or have this small conversation. This is the one small way I'm going to try to develop the habit of turning the struggle into a strength. Or maybe if you're married or dating someone or engaged with someone, you're your life partner. Maybe you could let them know every day. So you could work with family, friends, loved ones, and kind of just have an accountability partner if you don't want to write it down in your journal. So I think that third step of just living it out, holding yourself accountable is really crucial. And I truly believe that these daily little actions could help us become more and more like Jesus and be more kind, more loving, more selfless, and feel more at peace with God. So this is just the three-step process. I'm going to try to live it out each day. I'm going to really try to do, I'm going to do a mixture of both, I think, with the writing in my journal and my intention, and then also, you know, talking to friends and family members and loved ones about it if, if I want to, but I, I personally really love to write in my journal, so I think that's the go-to way that I will do this, and I would love to hear maybe how you're going to be working on this, how you want to live out this three-step process. If you want to share, if you want me to feature it on the podcast episode next week, just comment it on um, the Girl God's Got You Instagram story or send me an email. I would love to know how in this next year you want to start turning some of your struggles into strengths. But I really hope this podcast episode was insightful and helpful. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for a great year of podcasting. For all of you that listen to this show and support this show, thank you from the bottom of my heart. And I really hope that this podcast podcast is helping you in your walk with God and feeling more peace and more joy in your life. So without further ado, we will talk more in 2022, but I hope you have a great rest of your new year, and I'll talk to you next Tuesday. Bye, girl.